Straight from the 734, it's the Eastern Insider Podcast. Your chance to get in on the action. I can guarantee you it's one area of the building I won't be using because we all know how little time I'm spending in any weight room. A lot of crazy scenarios that can happen and need to happen for the defending MAC tournament champions. Uh, the assist numbers spoke for themselves. Looking forward to the trip down to Akron. Uh, sure, Akron. Now, let's send it to the guys on the inside of it all. Greg Steiner and Alex Jewell. When one door closes, another one opens. We put a cap on one season, the volleyball season, but now it's time to come home and enjoy some outdoor sports. Welcome into the Eastern Insider Podcast. I'm Greg Steiner. And I'm Alex Jewell. We're coming up on Easter, Alex, this weekend. That means the return of home baseball, the return of being outside, and more importantly, the return of EMU baseball on the radio as you can catch baseball this weekend on Eagle All Access. I can't wait. It's been almost two years since the last time I put the headset on an O-Strike. It has, and it was also the return of some jelly beans in the office. But uh, I went through, well, not I, you guys went through about four bags of those things in less than a week. So I'm going to have to stock back up. But Greg, you said it. Another opportunity to catch some of your your favorite baseball team and uh, your baseball players out at O-Strike Stadium this weekend. Of course, with attendance still limited, there will be a chance to catch it on Eagles All Access. And Greg, I know it's been an exciting time because we were so excited last year to finally get back to baseball and and, uh, get out in the warm. And there's just nothing like sitting out there. But of course, that got taken away. And now you've got those vocal cords ready to go. It should be a fun one. And and a lot of baseball games at home this year. So a great chance. I think we've got at least 17 broadcasts planned. And so it's a great chance for your for all of you out there to catch up on Eagles baseball and just enjoy a nice a nice spring because at least like we've said the whole year at least we're here at least we're playing and it's going to be a fun time nothing like a hot dog and a double header day coming up you can catch all the fun free baseball this weekend again on eagle all access you can listen on your emu app or uh, go to emueagles.com slash showcase and tune in we'll have a complete release coming up shortly that you can find online but we hope to tune in and take part for whatever or however you're celebrating this weekend for some, it is Easter weekend. For others, it's just a regular weekend. But we, whatever we do, we hope you're glued in to us. It was a weekend, Alex, that saw Eastern Michigan close the season on the volleyball side of things. And today we get a chance to catch up with one of those voices that I shared the airwaves with throughout the year in Ryan Woolley who, of course, the EMU alum, but more importantly, a a very good storyteller from his time here at Eastern as well. There's not much I want to tease in this opener because Ryan is just so great. Another fantastic interview. And I really want him to come through to the listeners because, as everybody knows, you know him from the broadcast side of things from TV, but Ryan is really an interesting guy, Greg, and has such a unique path. Really came up through Eastern Michigan as a similar path to you, just went a little bit different way. But he really talks about his start in broadcasting, the, the influences he had. I thought that was a wonderful part about how many people impacted him along the way. And then he talks a lot about his, his personal life, too. And there's some really interesting things. If you don't know, Ryan owns a DJ 
EA company. He's been working on a basement arcade that rivals any arcade that I've ever seen. So just a lot of great opportunity to really get to know the person, Ryan Woolley, and we're excited to have him. Yeah, we will have a, a good conversation with him. Stay tuned. We talk a lot of different topics as Alex talked to. And then we also wrap up Athletic Training Month uh, with a long conversation with Stephen Burning, who, of course, works with the EMU football team and, and surviving a pandemic, working football. He's had his hands full. Stephen Burning is someone close to me, of course. He was a graduate assistant when I started as an undergrad, Greg, and he's really worked his way up and is now the head football athletic trainer. Does a fantastic job. We visited, uh, we revisited last season and just how impressive it was that Eastern Michigan got all of their games in on the football field, something that almost no team in the country was able to do and what went into that. But we also talked how, even though we have tried to talk less about it, the pandemic's not over if you're someone in the medical field. So all of the changes and protocol that they've had to go through, as well as some fun stuff with Stephen as, as well. So it should be a great interview. It is, and the big message continues. The vaccinations are out there. We know they're working. But please continue to wear your mask, mask up, social distance, because you want to continue to ensure that you'll be playing sports, we'll be talking sports, and more importantly, we'll be having tailgate fun come the fall. That's true. We have to we have to keep doing our part because, Greg, I don't think I can make it another season without our fantastic fans in the stands at Eastern Michigan. So we hope that you'll continue to do that, and we hope that next year we'll be all together again for all of the sports, including baseball once we finally hit spring we certainly do don't forget you can follow all the action it's a busy week we have gymnastics at regionals we got golf in action baseball wraps uh, is back in action as we told you so many things going on track and field continues their season and rowing at it as well so all that Alex and I and the rest of the media relations crew are working the fingertips away to make sure you catch it on social and our website. We hope you follow along. It's going to be a busy week. Stay tuned, as Greg said. As always, visit emueagles.com for all the coverage and follow us on social media. That'll do it for us. We're going to throw it to a quick break. On the other side of it, we've got a long extended conversation with the one and only Ryan Woolley. It may be a little lengthy, but I'll promise you it'll go quick because he really is someone special. So stay tuned. We'll have Ryan Woolley right after this, followed by Stephen Burning, Eastern Insider, the only show that brings you all things Eastern all the time. Be sure to download the Eastern Michigan Game Day app. Available in the App Store and Google Play. The EMU Athletics app features live video, real-time social streams, scoreboards, stats, and more. An entire app dedicated to Eastern Athletics. Download the EMU Athletics app today. You've heard his voice on radio. You've seen his face on TV and more impressively, we are joined by the one, the only Ryan Woolley here on the Eastern Insider Podcast. Ryan, it's so great to see you, hear you, and, and once again, have the chance to spend a little time in your presence. We've spent a lot of time on air together, and it's crazy to think that the amount of changes we've seen together throughout our process working as a team. When you and I started, it was radio. Then we moved into to just random uh, video streams. Now, we just knocked out a nine-camera production for volleyball the other day. How? What's the change been like for you? It's actually it's been great. I mean, this is what I've always wanted to do. I love sports broadcasting. I've 
uh, thanked you endlessly before just for the opportunities that you've given me and to, to work with you. Uh, but you kind of said it. I mean, we started in radio at, uh, you know, doing stuff with WEMU and then kind of transitioned into Eagle All Access, which was the subscription based network where, you know, there's no commercials, there's no filler. It's you and I talking for the duration of a game. And, uh, you know, you're filling halftime and, and, and doing that. Um, and then, you know, you move forward now with these ESPN productions. And like you said, I mean, to, to have the large number of crew that we have, uh, what, 12 to 15, uh, depending on the day. Um, and then, you know, going from, you know, basketball men to women's to just doing volleyball. And then you even mix in the high school broadcast that you and I did uh, for Westland John Glenn and Way Memorial. I mean, we, you and I have uh, kind of been up and down the road a lot together and just seeing uh, the progression we both have made, both in our career professionally, and then also getting to know each other behind the scenes uh, with our wives and families has been a lot of fun. It is a good time to hang out with you. When, and you think of your career path when you started as an EMU student. It, it, the goal was, of course, we know from, from previous talks, you wanted to be in the professional world calling wrestling. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that's still your passion. You, you went after Vince McMahon to try to get you on the XFL broadcast. Again, I think that's the reason the league's failed twice is because they haven't put you on yet. But uh, from, from a standard of looking at your Eastern Michigan career, how much do you look back and say, wow, Eastern has really propelled me to where I am now? Well, first, let me correct you. The XFL didn't fail a second time. It was only put on hold due to the pandemic. The numbers were high. It was doing extremely well. Uh, yes, they did sell it. And Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, is now uh, taking over. So we'll see what happens next year when the season resumes. But uh, to your question about you know my career, uh, I mean, I owe everything to Eastern Michigan. It was funny because uh, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a professional wrestler. Uh, last name, Wooly. Uh, Wooly Mammoth was going to be a moniker. And I uh, wanted to get into it. Realized though, I didn't have the physique to do it. Didn't want to be on the road 300 days a year. I uh, wanted to have a family. And so I changed it to wrestling announcer. And going from a hard enough field in wrestling to wrestling announcer, I just didn't think it was a good idea. So then I changed it to sports casting. And when I was in school, um, there wasn't a lot of classes you could take. So I got involved with, you know, speech. Um, I did drama, did anything I could uh, to, you know, learn broadcasting as a whole. But when it came down to my senior year, it was either between Eastern or Central Michigan. And I didn't know which which school I was going to go to. Um, but money was a, a big factor. Um, and I didn't know with me living in the Westland area, if I would just commute to uh, Ipsilanti. But I uh, made the decision to go to Eastern. It was the best decision I ever made. Lived on campus uh, for the first two years and lived off campus campus and apartment for the final two. But when I got there my freshman year, you know, ETV was one of those things that was available to students, but it was kind of like untapped potential. And I immediately gravitated towards it my freshman year. And uh, at the time they had a Eastern Weekly show where uh, they were looking for a news anchor and I was interested. And at the time um, I was, Keith Damron was putting it on and he didn't seem too interested in me taking over as a news anchor until he saw a couple of production pieces that I did in our production class. And then uh, freshman year, I started anchoring news with Christy Mosier and uh, moved forward from there, hosted a talk show with Giacomo Accardo and Josh Newkirk, a sports show. And then, um, John Rice helped me get involved to the, the sports side of things where we came out and first couple basketball games, I actually ran camera. And then uh, I tried color commentating with Giacomo. And then eventually I got play by play as an opportunity. And then as the years kind of morphed on, you and I kind of developed a relationship where I had some ideas and you were 100% supportive of me of putting a desk on the corner of the court for a pre and a post game, you know, with the head coach, which was uh, uh, and players, um, you know, before and after game. So Eastern molded me into the person I am today. I mean, I did radio shows on campus. I was involved in the marching band, the basketball band. And without Eastern, I would 
wouldn't be doing half of the things, if any of the things I've done. I was going to ask you about that because you've told me a few times your stories about not only being an undergrad here, but once you were getting involved on the media side of things, still also being involved in the marching band and how that those worlds all kind of collided during home basketball games. Tell us that story because, I mean, there is there is dedication and then there is Ryan Woolley going from marching band to news to marching band and back and forth all through a basketball game. Well, it's funny because when I... When I was in marching band, a lot of the people in band were music majors, but there was people like me that were not music majors. We just enjoyed it. I did it in high school. I was a four-year member of the band in high school. Um, but my first three years at Eastern, I did the marching band, but I was a four-year member of the basketball band. I was in the uh, national band, uh, national band fraternity, Kappa Kappa Psi. And so for basketball season, it was different because we had our, our games. We didn't do every game. So like uh, as a I played saxophone, so like they would give me a schedule. Okay, these are the games you're attending um, as a member of the band. So I would come out, and at the time, I would uh, play in the band, but I would pre-write my script because I was a sports anchor for WEMU uh, for their halftime show. Um, so I would pre-write my scripts, I would play in the band, and then I would hand it to Greg because uh, he was very kind. I, I Honestly, I don't even remember how it came about where you offered to do it for me, but it just became a thing throughout the season. But Greg would take my script and fill in the scores from around the Mac so that I would play until halftime in the band, step down onto media row, do the uh, sports um, report on WEMU with the scores filled in from Greg, and then go back and finish the game and the basketball band. And then if it was a game I wasn't in the band i would just either be at the at the studio or i'd be you know in the arena doing doing the halftime reports but it just yeah you said everything kind of collided and then my senior year i had an opportunity to do play by play for the student station uh for football so i ended up stepping away from the marching band my senior year just so i could actually broadcast the football team for a year certainly uh, a lot of hard work goes into that and one thing i wanted to ask you about because you alluded to it just a little bit ago talking about all of the different opportunities that you had on campus that really helped get you to where you wanted to go. And it's no surprise. I mean, we look at people all over that have stayed in the area or gone abroad, you know, whether it's yourself or someone like Dan Leach, who we've talked to on this show, or even Greg, who stayed here on this path. It There's so many people in the media side of things that have gone through Eastern and become successful doing it. Is it something about just having that opportunity to kind of mold your own experience and and get so hands-on that, that sets Eastern apart from other places? I think so. Uh, and again, like I, there was, there's so much untapped potential at Eastern. And I think a lot of people like myself going in, but they didn't think of Eastern as a broadcasting school. But as you just alluded to, I mean, on the radio side, Dan Leach and Dennis Fithian, who I worked with at 97.1, um, Josh Landon, who's now over at Fox 2. Um, and there's a couple other names that are, I'm forgetting about right now off the top of my head, but people have, have gone to Eastern to have a lot of success, whether it be local or, you know, on, on a national stage. And it just, it takes people being willing to get involved and having people like Greg who have your back to do and try certain things. Like I can't speak highly enough about uh, the job that John Rice did for me you know, coming in and broadcasting the basketball team, or like I said, Keith Damron putting me on Eastern Weekly, Jeff Hamill, who is a professor that was just as hard nosed as it gets, um, it tells you when you're great, tells you when you're bad. And that's what you need in this business. You know, it, it teaches you how to work on things. John Cooper, I mean, the list just goes on in um, just 
pointing you in the direction and kind of navigating the path until you can find a job and then just, you know, put your nose to the grindstone as the old cliche is. In this world, there are a lot of people in our industry that certainly develop their own catchphrases and <laughs> things that you know when you're listening to, to one of their broadcasts. I mean, if it's Will Teeman, you know, it's he got it, he got yeah. it. Or, or Dan Leach was always splish splash or taking a bath or whatever. When you're broadcasting, we know there are certain things that, that you always utter. I mean, uh, how how do you develop some of those traits and, and come about some of those? Well, I think some of them, uh, they just come naturally. Um, I will say the the one that I always say at the beginning of a broadcast, I always mention the West Campus of Eastern Michigan University as a way to honor John Fountain, who is the longtime play-by-play voice of both uh, EMU football and basketball. I got the opportunity to work with him as a halftime re- a sports reporter for my senior year. And then, um, you know, I took over as the color commentator with Brian Namorowski the, the year that he retired. I actually got to work his final uh, regular season game down in NIU, uh, which was kind of cool. But, um, you know, then as the game goes on, I don't know that I have like any cliche ones. I do, uh, like if there's a big three, I'll say he buries it or she buries it. Um, but I mean, like, as for, like you said, the splish splash taking a bath, I, I don't tend to gravitate towards those. I, I think they're cheesy and, you know, to each their own, but I just, it's not something I like to put onto a broadcast. Um, but there's just certain things as the game goes on, it just, it just comes out organically. You, you got to experience some different sports this year and you added uh, basketball has been your, your longtime voice that we've been recognized, but we threw your curveball this year, brought you into the volleyball side of things. Uh, you've known basketball forever. How would you, how do you go about learning a new sport as well? I felt like I was cramming for a midterm or a final exam. I'm not going to lie. So uh, you would ask me if I had any interest in calling a volleyball game or a couple volleyball games. And I'm like, absolutely. I'm willing to do anything. And um, so when it came down uh, to the game, it was Eastern versus Toledo was the first game that I was calling in uh, the beginning of March. Um, I literally watched more volleyball uh, in the two week span than I probably have my entire life. Um, ESPN plus was huge, uh, where I was able to go and watch different games across the conference. I watched both men's and women's games. I watched Joel Gaudet over at ball state. I watched some of the big 10 games, some sec. I watched the national championship. I saw Stanford play, um, went to YouTube because the, the hard thing for me is I played volleyball, but I knew nothing about volleyball. I didn't know how to bring it to the, the viewer or listener. I didn't know what vernacular to use, what what I should key in on. And so as I started to to study it more and learn about attack percentages and learn about, you know, the kills and digs and and what you're trying to highlight of said player, um, you know, then I started to get more comfortable. And I, I would say in the first set, it probably took me eight or nine points to really kind of find a rhythm and, and get comfortable. But as the first game went on and then game one turned to game two and then game two turned to game four, which I just recently wrapped up last week, like, I love it. I, I think it's awesome to have another sport underneath my belt, something that, you know, if, if you guys are wanting to have me back next year for volleyball, you know, I'm, I'm all for it. It was, it was a lot of fun. And I, I think the listeners and the fans hopefully got something some uh, some fun out of it. I'll tell you what, everybody listening at home, that's how you know Ryan Woolley is a true professional. Not only does he compliment Greg, he puts himself out there and says, "Hey, I'm I'm back next year if you'll have me." And he also <laughs> throws in a nice little uh, nice little jab, a little recognition for our partner over in ESPN Plus. You know, a nice little uh, Ryan. Are you are you getting a compensation every time you name drop ESPN Plus? <laughs> no, no, not at all. But I, I I think it's great though because you know. As you guys know, things can go wrong in a broadcast. Now, whether the people watching can notice something goes wrong is a different story. So when the control room is on fire and, and, and it's, it's going bad behind the scenes, can we stay calm, cool, and collected on camera, 
get the broadcast across and then they don't know, you know, any different. And so it's nice to go back and rewatch, you know, an open or go back and rewatch half of the game or even the full game to see how you and your partner work together. Cause this year alone, I mean, I had a lot of color analysts that I've never worked with before. So you, you learn a cadence and you go back and you kind of see it's, it's study material. It's not, Oh, Hey, look, you know, I'm doing stuff on TV. It's, Okay, what can I improve on for the next broadcast? Well, for many people, especially in a year where fan attendance was so limited, that platform of ESPN plus ESPN3 was so important more than ever, maybe for people to be able to watch their favorite Eastern Michigan teams. And of course, you are the voice of that and somebody that is part of that game day experience. One thing I've always enjoyed asking different commentators or PA announcers is, do you think about it like that? Like, has it crossed your mind that not only are you calling a game, but you are really synonymous with hundreds, maybe thousands in certain cases of people's experience with Eastern Michigan athletics. I mean, that's a, that's a, a heavy magnitude situation when you think about it like that. It, it really is. I, I don't tend to think of it that way because I view it as I'm just a small part of the game day atmosphere. Um, you know, it's not about me. You know, I don't think anybody's tuning in. Hey, Ryan Woolley's on the call. Like they're tuning in to watch, you know, Eastern and Central or, you know, Eastern and Ball State. Um, on the hardwood or the volleyball court or whatever. But to know that I can be a part of that and hopefully tell the story within the story. Because, you know, as you guys know, there's the game and then there's what happens heading into the game, what, you know, you're trying to get people caught up and maybe don't know what they did on the road trip. And so that part I love. It's it's the storytelling. It's, you know, being just a small part of the game day atmosphere. And yeah, this year was completely different than any other year where there were not fans, you know, for the majority of these games and the fans that did make it towards the end. I mean, it was very few and far between. So whether it be a parent watching in Omaha or down in Ohio or or wherever they may be, this is an opportunity for them to see their kid play and you want to put on the best product. And, you know, you treat every game as if it's a big game. It doesn't matter who they're playing and, and you just move forward. So I'm, I'm very appreciative of the opportunity to to do what I do. You you speak uh, a little bit earlier about uh, working with different analysts and, and going through that. You and I have put in a lot of games together, but this year you work with uh, with a bunch of different people. Matt Derry, I know you've had a long relationship with, but never shared a microphone. Uh, switching back over from the radio side, bring in Steve Hawkins, a guy that you and I have had the luxury of calling for many years. Uh, and then you, you bring along new people that have never called a game before like Lauren Withrow or Danny Rogers or, or, or Christy King. How is it working with, with those people and really knowing that now you're kind of the, the captain of the ship to help bring them along? I love it. Honestly, um, you know, it, it, it does present a challenge when you don't know how somebody works or what their cadence may be. And, and you kind of, you know, talk about that heading in where, you know, you want to make sure you don't step on their, their toes when they're finishing up their speech and, and vice versa. But the, the teaching aspect of it, like I'm, I'm not the end all be all to anything and I don't pretend to be, but when it comes down to the amount of games that we have done, there's certain things that you have seen and done. And I, I try to bestow that upon them because whether they, they work, you know, the full season with me, a game with me, and then they go work, you know, with somebody else, hopefully they can see how I prepare, how I do things. And then they can take that and then mold it to themselves because everybody's going to be different. Everyone's going to have a different way of heading into a game and, you know, the best example I'll use is the charts that you and I, you know, kind of float back, back and forth with. Uh, those were created by Brian Nemirovsky, you know, back in, I, I don't know, probably 2006, 2005. And uh, to this day, I still use them because I feel more comfortable with the layout of them, uh, updating them as the game goes on, um, and then updating as for a series. So 
to have all the different color analysts. I just, I hope that they've enjoyed working with me as, as much as I learned work, uh, enjoyed working with them because I learned something from them every time we work as well. I definitely want to get into some of your off the quarter, out of the broadcast interests because you are certainly one of the most interesting men on earth. But before we transition to, to some of the DJing and the arcade that for those of us, we're doing this on a Zoom call right now and we can see it behind Ryan. Of course, you can't see it listening at home, but I can attest it's amazing. But before we get to there, Ryan, you know, it's hard to put so many years of memories and moments into one, you know, best or something like that. So I'm, I'm, I'm not going to ask you to do that, but is there a moment or a year or a, a player even that when you think back is just top of the mind of like, wow, it was, it was amazing to be able to call that or, or experience somebody like that. Oh, wow. Um, well, I mean, on the, on the girls' side of things, the women's basketball, I mean, Shea Sweeney was so fun to watch, um, you know, just the way she could move up and down the court. Ryan Coleman was another one. I mean, she ran like a gazelle. I mean, it was like she just like floated on on, on air out there. Um, but like, you know, the, one, of the, one of the names that's always stuck with me was Carlos Medlock for the men um, back in the day. Um but I mean, as as for a moment, I mean, of course, uh, when the women won the MAC tournament title, I mean, both as a student, uh, you know, being down there with the basketball band, and then also uh, being a part of the radio broadcast that the last the last time they won it, that was that was pretty special because you don't get very many opportunities to see a team cut down the nets um, or you know have you know those those special um, opportunities. Ray Lee dropping the fifty plus, um, you know, in, in I think it was against Central, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I wasn't on the call for that one, but just to see that um, and then have the following game, um, that, that was very special. But then like throughout any game and not one in particular, when it becomes a three-point shootout, you know, those are just, you know, you get seven threes in a row, you know, between both teams. Those, those are a lot of fun because you just don't know what's going to happen next. And every time it goes up, you're expecting it to go in. And then it's like, okay, is anyone going to miss? Alongside Ryan Woolley, uh, Greg Center, Alex Jewell with you. And you pivot a little bit this year. 2020 into 21 has been a challenging year for everybody. But for you, I, I tip my cap for, for everything that you've had to go through. For those that aren't aware, Ryan and his beautiful bride, Michelle, welcomed a newest addition to their family. And Lexi was born earlier this year, a proud dad of three. But more importantly, uh, unfortunately, you you lose your regular day to day job at, at a radio station that you'd had for a long time. Your wife has to to navigate working in the the healthcare industry along with having a baby in a pandemic. How has has the year one changed you, and also maybe been special because you've had a lot of, of really good memories, even with the bad. Uh, I'll be lying if I said it's not been hard. Um, you know, I have certain days where it's just, you know, I can't believe what happens, uh, you know, as you just said. So I worked uh, in sports radio at 97, won the ticket and WWJ news radio 950 for 13 years. And uh, I'm, I'm not going to lie. This week's kind of a, a hard week to think about because Friday is going to be the year anniversary. I was let go. Um, so I keep threading the, the one year anniversary mark, which I can't believe it's been a year, but um, you know, I got the phone call or a text message that morning that they asked me to get onto a conference call. And so I got on and I got the terrible news that they were, you know, cutting positions. And I was one of 25 locally, 2,500 nationally that uh, lost, you know, their, their position because the sports world was shut down. And I had hoped that when sports returned, maybe they would bring me back. Obviously that's not been the case as of now. Um, 
So that part's been rough because again, you put so much time and energy into a career path and to lose it, you know, for no fault of your own. I mean, it hurts. You think it'd be easier if it wasn't your fault. Um, certainly has not been the case. And, you know, like I said, some days are harder than others. Um, and to make things worse, as you've alluded to my wife, uh, so we were expecting. And uh, so she, the baby was not viable if she was to go into preterm labor because their talk during the coronavirus this time last year was if a, a pregnant woman correct uh, contacted the virus, she'd go into preterm labor. So she ended up taking a month leave in April just to make sure the baby was viable if she was to contact it. And uh, it was four days later is when I lost my job. So she took the leave on a Sunday and then I lost my job on a Thursday. And uh, so it was terrible timing. Um, the, the benefit of it is it allows me to be home with the kids. Um, we don't need daycare. We didn't need uh, at the time our kids, you know, we're in virtual school, like most other kids who start the school year. Um, so you went from, you know, being sports radio broadcaster to, you know, super dad at home and, um, you know, doing their schoolwork and, you know, making sure they're on and taking care of the baby. But then when the, the basketball season started up, it was kind of like a, a dose of somewhat of getting back to normal, even though the, you're broadcasting into an empty arena, getting back and, and getting back into what you know and love, you know, kind of ease the pain a little bit. And of course, now that the season's over, it's like, okay, well, now, now what do I do? But uh, no, it's, it's been a rough year, but uh, of, of everything that's happened, the best thing has been the birth of our daughter. She's just been a joy of her life and uh, really the, the light and what's been a, a terrible time. And as certainly as we continue on with Ryan Woolley, it's important also, I know Greg and both Ryan both mentioned his wife, Michelle, who is a nurse and has done uh, amazing things since the onset of the pandemic. And it's such a uh, thankless job. And, and thankfully, Many people in the last year have noticed how much uh, people in the healthcare field do, but we certainly, we thank her if she's listening in to, uh, for all of the sacrifices that the healthcare workers were made. I know Ryan and I share that bond. My girlfriend, Becca is a nurse. So that's uh, certainly something that uh, is important. And we, and we just thank her so much. And, you know, we talked about with, with some time, there's other things though, that good have come out of it in terms of being back on broadcasts. And I said it a little bit earlier, so I have to ask this arcade kick you're on is unbelievable. It started out with one machine that I know that you posted on Twitter and a lot of people probably saw the uh, Mario Kart contraption, but now you've got a full scale. I mean, I know you did a full basement renovation, which you also posted pictures of, which is fantastic. And now you're into, uh, I mean, I, You've got to have what more than ten back there. Uh, yeah, yeah. eleven. Games? Yep, yep, eleven. Uh, hopefully, we'll have twelve. I'm I'm hoping to get NFL Blitz or make an NFL Blitz here soon. But uh, yeah, it truthfully it started when you know when I was a kid, like everybody else, whether you're at a bowling alley, um, you know, with your parents, or you're in a bowling league, or you know, going to Pizza Hut, um, or even uh, Weber's Inn, and uh, we used to go there all the time for vacation once a year. Uh, they had Rampage, the arcade game there, and that was one that I grew up loving. And then uh, I played a lot of Mortal Kombat, NBA Jam, NFL Blitz in the arcade. And so this company came out called Arcade One Up, and they started making these three-fourths uh, scale arcade games, and Rampage was one of them. That was the first one I bought, and uh, it just it brought back so many memories. And I always said I'd love to have a home arcade, but as you guys know, arcades are huge, they're expensive, but these machines are affordable, and, um, so, and they're three-fourths scale, so you're not moving around a 700 pound machine that costs you two to $3,000. Um, you know, these are, you know, three to $400, depending on the game that you get. And so I started with rampage and then it turned into Pac-Man and then it turned into street fighter. And then, uh, like I said, mortal Kombat, NBA jam come out marvels. Uh, you mentioned the, the, the Mario Kart one I made. So that was basically, I took a Nintendo Wii U 
I took an existing arcade cabinet, stripped it down, uh, took everything out, basically the guts, and put a Wii U inside of it. Um, bought some steering wheels, painted them Mario and Luigi, and uh, you know, then I got some graphics and wrapped it. And you know, it I, like you said, I put it on Twitter, and it just uh, Mike Felony over at the ticket was uh, kind of blown away by what it looked like and really publicized it. So, and then what you guys don't know is I just customized two arcade stools to go with it. So I have a, a Bowser and a Donkey Kong stool sitting next to it that I actually wrapped myself. I'll, I'll show you guys when the meeting's over. Well, and I think it's uh, fair to say a, a lot of our listeners are in the Metro Detroit area. So they know if Mike Valeni heaps praise on anybody, <laughs> it is something spectacular. So honestly, that's like a resume line item that you can say on air. Mike Valeni gave you credit for something. That's that's unbelievable. Yep. No, and yeah, he loved it. And uh, it, it was funny because Tom Helmer, who we've done a lot of broadcasts with, of course, works for the football team. And he's like, dude, you're making me look bad. You know, what are you doing? So that, that was kind of funny. Is there a game that, that you, you just can't wait to one of these days they put it in arcade form? I mean, I, I'm a big Legend of Zelda person, but I know that's not exactly a normal arcade. I can play it all I want on my, my old school NES that I got. But is there a game that you, you got circled that it just has to have one of these days? Well, it, it, honestly, it was originally Mortal Kombat. They made Mortal Kombat. It comes with number one, number two, and alternate Mortal Kombat, number three. Um, and then NBA Jam, which has NBA Jam, NBA Jam Tournament Edition, NBA Hangtam on it. Um, but then Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, they made. It's a four-player deck. I have that down here in the basement as well. Um, so, I mean, I'm kind of checking off the bucket list of all these machines. I, really, NFL Blitz is the next big one. And the rumor is they're not going to be able to make it. The NFL is not going to sign off on it being reproduced because of a concussion protocol and trying to, you know, smarten the game up a little bit. But I have a modded machine. And, uh, you know, I, I sent you um, – uh, a video after I did my first volleyball game and said, you know, this may not help me on the broadcast, but I'm having a lot of fun learning the game playing. It was from 1987. It was volleyball on the Nintendo entertainment system. And I'm down here playing one night, just playing volleyball, you know, and, and seeing how the players are moving and serving and killing. And uh, so that's been fun, but I'm excited to have you guys over, um, you know, whether we have a staff night over here, once the coronavirus pandemic can, can go away, but get everybody over here and playing some video games. Yeah, that, I can't wait for that to test it out. We know that you probably have a leg up on me, but Alex, I, I can guess he probably spent plenty of time at Showbiz Pizza popping in those quarters at Chuck E. Cheese, getting the, the – I, I, now, if they, we come out with a skee-ball, I'm sure I could beat you in that. See, my wife is a huge skee-ball fan, and that was one of the things I wanted to buy for the basement was a skee-ball machine. Now, uh, my arcade grew from the time I started building the basement from 3 to the 11 that I have. Eventually, it will be 12 when I can get the Blitz cabinet. Um, but I also want to make a racing simulation game where you can actually sit down and you know do Daytona USA or Crazy Taxi or something like that. But I've seen these skee-ball machines you can buy, but as you know, they're, they're long. And mm -hmm. I have a, a big basement, but I'm just like, well, do I get rid of the air hockey table to put a, uh, the skee-ball in? Do I keep air hockey? So I'm, I'm kind of looking around to see where I can move some things. And having kids, I'm sure it's still uh, ski balls become projectiles pretty fast. Yep. No, that, that does worry me with the TV down here um, because they come down here and play. And the one, the one rule is you can play down here, but when you're done, you know, you pick up your stuff and have it, have it picked up by the end of the night. All right. We, one last question before we get you out of here, which will happen first, a lions playoff victory or an EMU NCAA tournament appearance. Ooh. Men, would that be men or women? Uh, either one. 
See, I don't think the Lions are any closer now, even with their new head coach and GM. I know Eastern's men just had a, a down year and, and, and the coaching search is underway. Uh, and, you know, the women, who knows what would happen last year when, when the pandemic struck uh, and the tournament was canceled. I know they got knocked out this year. So I'm, I'm, I know it's going to sound homerish, but I'm going to say it's going to be a tournament appearance by one of, one of our uh, Eastern teams. I, I fully agree. I think 21-22 uh, is primed to be a year for the green and white. And I, I can't wait for you to be back in front of that microphone with fans behind us. Your parents always in, <laughs> in full force as well and not in virtual form. But Ryan, I can't thank you again for the friendship and, and everything that you do for our ESPN program to make all of us better and, and to carry on the, the banner for the green and white as an alum. Well, Greg, I, I appreciate it. You know, the opportunity is is uh, not lost on me. So again, I, I thank you and Alex. It's been a pleasure to get to know you over the last couple of years and work with you this year. So looking forward to seeing you guys for some volleyball and some basketball and some football. That's Ryan Woolley on the Eastern Insider podcast. We're going to take a quick timeout on the other side of this. We're going to finish up athletic training month with an interview with Stephen Burning, the head football athletic trainer at Eastern Michigan. Ryan, again, thank you. And we'll hope to see you soon. We'll take a quick break and be right back. Looking for a ride? Trinity Transportation has the vehicle for you. From luxurious motor coaches to cozy sedans, Trinity Transportation is prepared to take you to your destination. Check out their fleet of vehicles at trinitytransportation.com or call 877-284-4200 to book today. That's trinitytransportation.com or 877-284-4200. Trinity Transportation, the official transportation provider of Eastern Michigan Athletics. Well, it's not often that we make house calls and actually go on location to shoot these interviews, so it must be someone important, and that is is we are joined now by EMU football head athletic trainer Stephen Burning. I'm over in the beautiful Student Athlete Performance Center, and Stephen, I know we've we've talked to a lot of different people about just how immaculate this facility that you've been in now for over a year already. It's hard to believe. It makes you feel older. It makes me feel older for sure, but just sitting in here and actually, again, just knowing that it's finally up to its full capacity. It's it's running at a, such a high level. It's got to be fantastic to work out of this building every day and just know that it's it's been that much better for the care of our student athletes. Definitely, Al. I mean, besides the the different modalities we have, the space we have, I mean, all the hydrotherapy, you know, pools. The guys are loving getting in the hot tub, cold tub, having the treadmill underwater to get guys back quicker. I mean, it's just been a fantastic resource for us uh, as we continue to move into this building and uh, full capacity. Yes, COVID related, not so full yet, but uh, loving the building nonetheless. I know the players like the cold tubs and the hot tubs, but come on, be honest with me. There, you know, there's been some late nights where you've jumped in that thing and there's a TV in there for gosh sakes. I know you flipped that thing on and did a little relaxation yourself. Al, I can't confirm or deny any uh, Sunday afternoon golf uh, watching in the hot tub, but uh, yeah, we'll go with that. And I'll tell you, ever since we've got this new building, I golf with Stephen often and uh, he has never been looser on the course. And I know it's because he's using all the resources over here in the Student Athlete Performance Center. Steve, you know, we've talked plenty of times to Gretchen and some other staff members, but it's always interesting to hear. Everybody's got a different story of kind of why they got into athletic training and how they ended up at Eastern. What's yours? Well, you know, I started out in high school not knowing what I really wanted to do. Uh, I took an anatomy class that kind of pushed me towards going into the medical field. I'm a professor in high school. Uh, I ended up going to Toledo because I played sports and our athletic trainer in high school was actually from Toledo. Uh, so I knew all about the, the program at the university. So I ended up there and as my four years went on, I was looking for a GA position working football and Eastern had one open and it was 
was the right fit for me. And ever since then, it's, you know, all history. That's right. Stephen actually was a graduate assistant here when I started as an undergrad. So I always tell his students nowadays, I've seen him mature in a lot of ways. And Steve's a great athletic trainer, but man, he was more fun when he was a GA. There was a lot more things you can do when you're a GA, but nonetheless, certainly happy to have you here. And I've got to ask you too, because, you know, we're right in the thick of March Madness. There's a lot of fun basketball going on. I'm sure everybody at home has been paying attention. But for those that don't know, Stephen, in between his time as a GA here at Eastern Michigan and now in his full-time role, actually did a stint at Ferris State when they were in the midst of their men's basketball run that saw them go all the way and win a national championship. And I know it's at a different level, but I've got to ask you, since we're in the middle of March Madness, I mean, what's it like going on a run with a team like that and getting to experience that jubilation of a national championship? That year, Al, uh, there was something special with that team. Um, I mean, a couple buzzer beaters and then over time uh, throughout the year going 28 and one or something like that, uh, getting to the national championship game, having 3,500 fans in the stands and only 300 of them were yours. Uh, I mean, it's no better atmosphere. Uh, and it was just something special that I don't know if I'll ever get to experience again, but I'm glad I did get a chance to do it. Certainly something I think everybody hopes they get to the experience of doing. I, I know just sitting on my couch at home, I get excited watching some of the buzzer beaters and, and all of the March Madness, but to actually get to, to live it is certainly incredible. You know, this has been a, a challenging year for everybody. And we've talked a lot on this show about how, all right, we're over a year now since the pandemic. It's time to start not talking about the pandemic as much, but that's a luxury that you don't necessarily have because in terms of athletic training, you're still right in the middle of this. There's still testing going on. There's still all these protocols. And I know that there's been a lot of things you've had to change about your job, including even doing some testing certification. Just give us a little bit of a rundown about, you know, obviously there's there's so many things you do on a daily basis, but how has this last year changed the way you approach the job and, and the things you actually have to do? Yeah, I mean, starting all the way back in March when we canceled spring ball, uh, I mean, started then and it's continued on uh, between changing the layout of our training room, taking away some of the tables, limiting, you know, space and athletes that are coming in and out uh, to starting to swab uh, all of our athletes to increase swabbing during season and now in spring ball. Uh, I mean, it's it's been ever-changing uh, with all the, the changes in the testing protocols. Um, so it's definitely kept us on our toes. Um, definitely looking at illnesses a little bit differently because you can never be too safe. But I think overall, I mean, we've learned a lot uh, through this and, you know, hopefully we see the light at the end of the tunnel with the vaccines coming out. But, uh, you know, it is definitely an experience that, you know, most people won't experience in their careers and it's something that we can definitely grow from. Uh, yeah, and you, you talk about how just treating things a little bit differently, even more normal illnesses or things that we see outside of the pandemic. Is that something you think you'll take kind of moving forward? Just the the need to even more attention to detail now more than ever about every ailment that can affect a student athlete? Yeah, it definitely, you know, has a heightened sense of awareness. Um, COVID shed light on that. Uh, so making sure that we're doing all the right things that we have been doing in the past and continuing on our protocols and policies and uh, making sure that we're giving the athletes the best care that we can, whether it's illness or injury. And, you know, you work here specifically with football. And one thing we saw with football all over the country this year is that many, many teams could not get even close to their full schedule in. But that is different than what Eastern Michigan experienced. Now, for those that remember, the MAC went to a six-game schedule. It was, it was much reduced compared to a normal 12-game year. But nonetheless, Eastern was still one of the only teams that was able to get all their games in and really kind of put the coronavirus aside in terms of the, the way they were handling their business and being safe about it. And that's in large part, thanks to Steven and his group. But Steven, I know we talked a lot during that whole time of you can do everything right and still test positive and have a lot of issues, but we still found a way to do things the right way and play our games. How impressive is it just looking back now, even 
and from a medical standpoint that we were actually able to get through those games. Yeah, it's wild to think we got all six in without having a delay. Uh, I mean, it goes to attribute to the guys and the coaching staff for you know following the protocols that we had in place and making sure that we're catching everything early so we didn't have it spread throughout the team and having to cancel games. But you know, it, it's wild to think about six months from now or from before that you know teams were canceling games left and right and we were able to make it through a full six game season. Obviously, there's things that physically the coronavirus, it's so important to keep our student athletes healthy. But I really think, too, and, and of course, you're not necessarily, uh, you know, a psychiatrist or a psychologist in this aspect. But from a medical standpoint, too, I do think there was so much value to getting the season in in terms of it's hard for these players to have to quarantine and be away from their teammates. So it's just as important as being safe physically, though. How important was it to get the student athletes out there and actually allow them to play their sport in a safe manner? Just from a mental perspective of you know being able to live life not normally but at least with a, that purpose i think it plays a big role uh, i mean we had a lot of athletes that you know comment on whether they've taken a sit in quarantine or isolation and you know how hard it is on them to sit in their dorm rooms and watch their friends and their teammates go out and play and so uh, i think being able to get the full season in not having to miss games i mean it just it gets kind of like a uh, relief uh, to say the least of you were able to get them all in and get your experience and uh you know grow into the next season and now all of a sudden it's the end of of March and we're well into spring ball. In fact, just a couple weeks left of spring ball, which is insane. What is, what's it like being back out there? And in terms of spring ball, every season or part of the season has different approaches from different standpoints. So obviously you see a lot more of individual drills from a playing side because right now is the time to get better in those specific skill sets. Is there different approaches to your job depending on the season? Is there things we see that's more common in terms of prevention or, or whatnot at, at the spring side of things rather than the fall? or is it all just treatment as normal? We put a big emphasis on soft tissue stuff, especially uh, in the spring. We're you know, trying to increase getting stronger in the weight room, getting faster in the field. And so soft tissue uh, injuries are definitely heightened. And so trying to minimize those the best we can. Um, but it's just, you know, I can't believe it's already April. I mean, we blink and it's already here. So spring ball's almost over, like you said. Uh, so just trying to keep guys healthy as we can. I mean, in treatments increase uh, substantially during the spring and trying to make sure that we are giving the best care that we can throughout the entire, this entire season. Really well, the uh, the injury and lack thereof really of the players certainly is a testament to how well you and your staff do that, Stephen. Like you said, it is almost April, and that means summer's kind of right around the corner. Of course, you're in a job that is incredibly busy all the time. I know that we share that for sure, but we also know that if if our listeners are out at Eagle Crest uh, Golf Course in the summer, they'll probably see you. What are some other things that that you like to do when you get away? Uh, you know, to kind of relax from from your job. You're right there, Al. If it's not on Eagle Crest playing nine or 18 uh usually you know, i'm at home with my wife hanging out we like to go camping you know spend some time hiking in the local, local metro parks but i also am a avid you know bike rider so i like to go out and get 25 50 miles in on a weekend to, and enjoy it yeah steve is is definitely an avid bike rider he's a he's a golfer and he mentioned his wife rachel who is not only one of the nicest people in the world but we'll give her a pass because she was a star athlete in college but it happened to be at the university of toledo which again you know we don't like it on this show but we'll give Rachel a pass because I can personally tell you that she is uh, she is one of the nicer ones out there and Steve you know one of the reasons we are doing this interview now is because March is athletic training month and so all month long we've been trying to pay a little bit of tribute to people in your office that have done so much for our student athletes and I know that you've got somebody that works alongside you here with football and Danielle that is has come on and done a really nice job and has been really important to this team talk to us a little bit about just what she means to you 
and the team as a whole, and really, um, you know how it, how important it is to celebrate all of your staff and, and graduate assistants here that work so hard to keep our student athletes safe. Yeah, definitely. Danielle's been here now for three years, and I mean, she is uh, a rock to this program. She helps you know hold the athletic training side of things together. Um, she definitely uh, has been a great fit for myself, personality wise, and also with the, the football team itself. Uh, she's getting a lot of trust, and uh, I mean, she works hard, and we wouldn't be in the place we were today if you know we didn't have her around helping us out and keeping everything in line. Uh, she was a great ad uh, for the Eastern Michigan Sports Medicine Department. There's a lot of people on this show listening right now that may have children that are in, in the high school level or maybe some grandchildren or perhaps it's someone listening that is in high school or in college that is thinking about a way to stay in sports. But, you know, obviously, like many of us, playing might not be an option. But if they're interested in, in sports medicine, athletic training, what are some things that students who are in that age group should start thinking about or start doing to be able to start getting themselves involved in a career like this? I think it's important early on if you're, you know, high school has an athletic trainer, spend some time with them, get to know them. Uh, They can teach you a lot, uh, being able to see what they actually do day in and day out. Um, And if you're definitely looking on going and pursuing the the field of athletic training. Eastern Michigan has a great entry-level master's athletic training program, uh, which we can definitely put you in contact with. But uh, just make sure you get the experiences early on and be able to see, you know, the side of things that you may not see as an athlete, but from the sideline itself uh, and make sure you're, 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 taking those to heart. Well, Steve, as, as we wrap up Athletic Training Month, I, I can't thank you enough for all that you do for our student athletes here as well as the entire athletic training staff. Enjoy the rest of spring ball and then get out on the golf course soon enough. Maybe this year will be the year that you put a hole in one in the cup. Oh, I hope so. I hope you're there to celebrate with uh, Celebrate, be upset, one of the two, but nonetheless, it'll be great either way. And that is, of course, Stephen Burning, the head football athletic trainer here at Eastern Michigan as we wrap up Athletic Training Month and say thank you to all of you out there in the field it's so important to keep our student athletes healthy and you all do a fantastic job he's steve burning i'm alex jewel this has been another edition of the eastern insider podcast so for greg steiner saying see you next monday remember this is the eastern insider the only show that brings you all things eastern all the time we'll talk to you next week that's it for this edition of the eastern insider podcast thanks for listening for greg steiner i'm alex jewel reminding you to visit emueagles.com slash podcasts or go to soundcloud itunes or wherever you get your digital media to stay connected with us every Monday. As always, follow us on social media for the most up-to-date information on EMU Athletics.